things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Week two of the NFL season has been complete. We got that to talk about. We got some basketball items to talk about. And guess what? I got a question for all of y'all out there. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? In the year 2023, why the hell should anybody get married? Stephen A. Smith show coming your way right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, over the digital airwaves of YouTube. We're here in my studio, thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. By the way, my followers are approaching 310,000 subscribers. Appreciate the love, y'all. Appreciate the love. Keep bringing the love. I'm going to keep bringing you what I got. So please be sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show on YouTube. Just click the bell and get notified of all of our new content, all right? And see what happens for you. And by the way, don't forget to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. You can now call into the show to speak directly to me, by the way. I'm here in my home studio to speak to me on the show in real time, live. Dial 888-SAS-5303. That's 888 888- SAS 5303. That's 888-727-5303. Let's move on to the first topic of the day because I think this is incredibly important and it's interesting as well. Primetime Deion Sanders, head coach for the Colorado Buffaloes, collegiate football pack 12, get ready to move to the Big 12 next season, probably, and all of this other stuff. Terrific game. Friday uh, Saturday night that ended in double overtime with Colorado winning. Deion Sanders and, and Colorado and his son, Shador Anderson. Lord, that brother is special. I'm telling y'all right now, the brother's special. Um, they're undefeated, 3-0 and on the season. They've beaten TCU, the national championship runner-up. They've beaten Nebraska with new coach Matt Rule. And now they beat their interstate rival uh, with coach, you know, led by Coach Navelle. Uh, I'm talking about primetime Deion Sanders and Colorado beating the Colorado State team. Uh, but it was a thriller. Give them a lot of love, a lot of props over there at Colorado State. They showed up. One of their players, however, is not enjoying life too much these days. His name is Henry Blackburn. If you recall, um, he's the one that placed the hit on one of Colorado's star players, Travis Hunter, a two-way player, by the way. Um, this brother's special in and of his own right. Uh, but he, he's wide receiver, he's cornerback. I mean, he is special. Uh, actually, he's a safety. I'm sorry. And he got hit while playing receiver, got hit by Colorado State player Henry Blackburn. And when he got hit, obviously, um, 
you know, they're talking about liver issues or what have you. He's going to, he got hit in the liver. He's going to be out for at least three weeks. Um, and there's death threats that are being thrown in his direction. Obviously, prime time is a man of faith. He's a leader, believes in being a leader of young men, especially. Uh, so he was quick to condemn the death, th the death threats that Blackburn is now receiving from Colorado fans. And here's what the new coach for the Colorado Buffaloes, the star of the program, primetime Deion Sanders, here's what he had to say about the issues of death threats being aimed in the direction of Mr. Blackburn. Check it, Blackburn, I'm sorry. Check it out. You should be receiving death threats. That that's This is still a young man trying to make it in life, a guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or degree, uh, committed to excellence and go to the NFL. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. At the end of the day, this is a game. Amen. Amen. Primetime wasn't the only one that said that. Here's what Travis Hunter, the person that was, that, that was on the receiving end of that hit by Henry Blackburn. Listen to what Travis Hunter had to say. It's football done at the end of the day. Stuff like that's going to happen. So I just stay humble. I mean, hey, you did what he was supposed to do. It's football. Something bad is going to happen on the field sooner or later. You just got to get up and fight again. That's what I try to do. Get up and fight. Good thing the doctors stopped me because if there was no doctors there, I would have still been out there playing. Here's the sad part. The sad part is not only was it primetime Deion Sanders, but you got a kid like Travis Hunter that's got to get on social media and got to be interviewed, reminding everybody it's a part of the game. It's football. Plays like that happen all the time. And you see, we got, we got some punk-ass people out there. Punk-ass people that are quick to throw threats. You going to roll up on Travis Hunter and do that in his face? I don't think you would. In this day and age, it's like everybody is looking for an excuse to inflict violence. Not anticipating they might get their ass kicked themselves. Not anticipating that even more harm might come to them than the harm they were planning on inflicting. It's amazing how people could be bullies over the phone, social media, or beyond. It's amazing. Because you're anticipating you're going to inflict pain. You're not anticipating you're going to receive it. But that's a different subject for another day. The most important point to point out is what primetime Deion Sanders said. It's a game. This is a young man that was playing a football game. It was a, a, a rivalry. Interstate. You're going at each other. Colorado State came out there determined to go at Colorado. They tied all of this shine, Deion and his son Shador. And Travis and, and, and Shiloh and everybody else is getting tired of that. They're like, damn it, it's another football, college football team in Colorado. It's us. And they came out there and they played their behinds off. Give them props. It was a highly competitive game. It was watched at its peak by 11.1 million people. It averaged 9.1 million views. 9.3, I'm sorry, million viewers for the game. We all got to enjoy it. I nodded off in the first quarter. I woke up at halftime like, my God, what am I missing? This is a hell of a game. And it's got to be sullied by this kind of nonsense. 
See, these are the kind of things we find ourselves concerned about in a society like we're living in today. Because once upon a time, everybody knew what the hell was off limits. Everybody knew that. But now, you've got some folks out there that think they could get away with anything. I'm not trying to sit up there and mimic somebody like former President Donald Trump. But guess what? Law and order is necessary. There's certain things that you should absolutely positively know. Period. Nobody should be getting away with spewing death threats. And those who do it, they deserve what, they deserve what happens to them. Plain and simple. Because they cut, they, they, they trying to deposit checks their ass can't cash. I'm telling you what I know. Just think about that, y'all. Just think about that. By the way, as an aside, Shador Sanders, the star quarterback for the Colorado Buffaloes, I love this kid. I love his talent. I love his skill set. I love his poise. I love how he responds under pressure. I love how he's embracing everything. Being primetime Deion Sanders, son, he ain't shying away from nothing. Excuse the double negative. Grammatically incorrect. I don't care. He ain't shying away from nothing. And I love it. I love to watch him under pressurized situations, looking off on coverage, going through his progressions, getting the ball to the people that need to have it, always hitting the open man, always making plays, always making things happen. Shador Sanders is something special. Ladies and gentlemen, this brother's going to be a top 10 pick in the, in the NFL draft. I'm telling you, he's special. But I will like to remind you of this. After Tom Brady, a person that's mentoring him, a seven-time champion, by the way, who's now retired, who will be in the Fox booth making $37.5 million a year starting next year. That Tom Brady, who's been mentoring Sanders, he was told not only about the, the, all of that ice he was wearing on his wrist, not only that, but that he's got a Rolls Royce. Tom Brady responded by saying he needs to get his ass in the film room. Quote, unquote. I like that. I like that. He needs to get his ass in the film room and spend as much time in there as possible and less time in the car. That's what his mentor said. Damn right. Because you got a future, kid. You got a future. And it's very, very important that we bring that up because I'm looking at something in my phone right now. I'm looking for something in my phone because I had a note that I needed to find because I wanted to show to y'all about this kid, Shador, uh, Shador Sanders. Kid is special. By the way, name, image, likeness, valuation list came out last night. Shador Sanders has the number one NIL valuation in college football right now at $5.1 million. He's ahead of Arch Manning. Okay? Arch Manning. All right? The uncle, the, the nephew of Eli and Peyton. That Manning. And Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winning quarterback that plays at USC. Shador Sanders' NIL deal right now is at $5.1 million. Travis Hunter is fourth on the list at $2.2 million. A couple of interesting things about Shador's $5.1 million, just so you know. His NIL valuation over the summer was at $1.3 million. So it's quadrupled since Colorado's 3-0 start. Quadrupled. Shador's $5.1 million NIL valuation is approaching his father, Deion Sanders, first-year compensation 
as Colorado's head coach at $5.5 million. As a college student, the brother's about to make as much money as his daddy. Only in America, y'all. Only in America. And I'm here for it, and I support Shador Sanders getting that money because you know how much money he and his daddy are bringing in to the University of Colorado? 9.3 million viewers. I don't know if they had 93,000 views last year. 9.3 million viewers. Wasn't nobody looking at Colorado last year. They were 1 in 11. Nobody care about them. Buffalo. Stop the presses. Stop, stop the presses. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen A. Smith was in Boulder, Colorado. Twice. Me. Me. Now, let me tell y'all something. I'm going to break this to y'all. I'm quite sure the people in Boulder, Colorado are wonderful American citizens, God-fearing, God-loving, humble, decent human beings. But I think it's safe to say, before primetime Deion Sanders arrived, most of them were white. The brothers and sisters ain't trying to go to no damn Boulder, Colorado. I've been there twice in the last two weeks. I was there the day before. Saturday's game against Colorado State, and I was there a week earlier sitting in Deion Sanders' suite for the game against their home opener against Nebraska. Anybody trying to go? No damn bold to Colorado. And as an aside, y'all, because I am Stephen A., and um, people are always looking for something. Um, I was told by some confidants within the walls of ESPN that people were actually calling because they wanted to know when did ESPN start flying me on private jets? Because ESPN supposedly is paying for it. Ladies and gentlemen, you see how people are full of shit sometimes? So you can brag, you can go and you can report as breaking news what my salary is. You're almost never right. But you can talk about my salary. You can talk about this money that Stephen A is making. But you're going to say that ESPN paid for my private jet. Damn it, I did. I paid for it. Out of my own money. My own bank account. Because I can afford it for the moment. ESPN does not pay for people to fly, to fly, to, to fly on private jets. I promise you that. The hours that I purchased, I purchased that. So once again, you're going to see people lying because that creates clicks. See, we tell the truth here on the Stephen A. Smith Show. We ain't got a lie to create clicks. All we got to do is put me in front of the camera and the microphone, and that does the job. Let's move on. Uh... The NFL, National Football League, has filed a grievance against the NFL Players Association, which is the Football Players Union, of course, alleging that its leaders, quote, advised running backs to consider feigning or exaggerating injuries to help increase their leverage in contract negotiations. I can read the story, but it's not necessary. Let me say this really, really quickly. Yes, I understand that from a legal standpoint, you have to operate in good faith. And when you say you're going to do something during collective bargaining negotiations, you got to try to honor that to the best of your ability. 
and this would be in violation of that. So the NFL is perfectly justified in filing this suit against the NFL Players Association. But I want to state for the record, I'm not about to sit here and blame the running backs. I support the running backs in the National Football League. I think they are overworked. I think they are underpaid. I think, if I remember correctly, running backs on average in the National Football League are getting paid less than punters. Punters. Dudes who are sitting on the sidelines eating freaking pumpkin seeds and chewing on some of my cheese curls and passing gas or drinking some Hennessy or whatever the hell they have in those damn cups because they damn sure ain't playing football. Unless their name is Pat McAfee, who looks like a damn real football player and what a great athlete he is. Let me tell you something. You ain't doing anything. And naturally, with running backs, it's a misnomer to some degree because you got third and fourth string running backs on a roster from time to time. Most times where you don't have that level of depth on a roster when it becomes when it comes to punters and kickers. I get that. But nevertheless, the numbers show that running backs are pretty much the lowest or the second lowest. They're competing with punters and kickers to be the lowest paid people in the National Football League. Now, how that makes some damn sense? We know how important, how important you think Nick Chubb is to the Cleveland Browns, who just signed Kareem Hunt, by the way, to replace him when they were at tandem last year. How important do you think Austin Eckler is to the Los Angeles Chargers? How important do you think J.K. Dobbins is or was to the Baltimore Ravens? What if Mixon got hurt in Cincinnati? What if Najee Harris got hurt in Pittsburgh? What if Derrick Henry got hurt in Tennessee? What if Tony Pollard got hurt with Dallas? We got running backs all over the place. But you got these people trying to undermine them at every turn. So my solution is very simple. I believe that the National Football League should look in to allowing running backs to enter the NFL draft after one year in college. One year. My reason for that is they can get access to the money early. Why? If you're looking at their level of production and you're categorically ignoring it, just because their birth certificate says they're 28 or 29 years of age and they play the running back position, you're not treating them with justice. It's about justice. You're not doing that. And since you're not doing that, then do so by letting them come into the league early. If everybody else could come in after their junior year in college football, then let these brothers come out after their freshman year. Let them get access to the money earlier. That way their rookie contract expires at an earlier age and their position to get a longer-term deal if they're worthy. That's only fair. Because it's not fair to ask a DeMarco Murray years ago to carry the football 292 times, to touch the football over 375 times, but then say, we appreciate your work, but you ain't what you used to be. Go ahead and feel free to be a Philadelphia Eagle because we damn sure ain't giving you a long-term deal. It ain't right for Derrick Henry to be underpaid. It ain't right for Austin Eckler to be underpaid. It ain't right for Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs to, to, to be in a situation where they got to sign a $10.1 million tender, franchise tender, which they didn't do, by the way. And they both ended up getting like 11 and 12 million respectively. And by the way, Josh Jacobs didn't look too damn good last week, by the way. I'm not blind. And Saquon Barkley, oh, by the way, he's hurt. 
Thank God it wasn't a high ankle sprain that's going to keep him out for half the season or a break of the ankle which is going to keep him out the whole season. He's expected to be back any week now. He possibly could play this week, which, by the way, I think would be stupid. Brian Dable, don't do that. Let him sit out for this week. All I'm trying to say is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, in the end, let's be clear. Running backs need to be paid. And if you're not going to pay them, at least make it a justifiable denial. Jonathan Taylor on the pup list. I mean, come on, Indianapolis coach. You don't want to value him, trade him. Come on, Mr. Ursay. I'm asking you. You're sober. You hear me loud and clear. I'm asking you. Come on, man. It ain't right. It ain't right. And somebody got to say it. So, damn it, I'm saying it. It is what it is. I had some people here text me telling me to stop yelling. I hear y'all loud and clear. I'm just emotional right now because I don't like people getting screwed over like this. And for those of you out there, Stephen A., you looking out for the brothers. You damn right I am. But also remember that I was the one that said Christian McCaffrey is suffering from reverse discrimination. Because if he were black, we would have recognized his greatness long before we did when he was a Carolina Panther before he got moved to the San Francisco 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, that dude. I'm fair. I'm always fair. By the way, it's been confirmed Saquon Barkley is out for the upcoming game against the 49ers on Thursday night. So we'll see what happens. 888. SAS5303 is the number to call. It's 888-727-5303. Another subject that I want to get into is Giannis Antetokounmpo for the Milwaukee Bucks. He's reportedly scheduled to work out with a legend this offseason. The one and only Hakeem. A dream. The dream. Olajuwon. One of the greatest centers in the history of the National Basketball Association. Here's Giannis. Talking about working out with Hakeem. I have a trip that I'm, I'm going to go down to Houston and try to work out with Hakeem Olajuwon. I love his game. And if I can kind of take a few things uh, from his game or learn anything from the, the few days I'm going to spend with him, it's going to be a blessing. Uh, it's a guy that I've looked up my whole life. It's a guy that my parents look up to because he was the number one guy in Nigeria. Okay. That was Giannis Antetokounmpo speaking about it. My man Gilbert Arenas. Uh, got a podcast, Gills Arena. Uh, it's got something else on YouTube. It's got two things working out. He's an entrepreneur. I ain't hating on it. I got love for the Gilbert Arenas. I was on his podcast before. Um, you know, Gilbert Arenas, he claims that Olajuwon charges $50,000 for his workouts. I have not confirmed whether or not that is the case. I do not know. It does not matter to me because it has nothing to do with the point that I'm about to make. But he, meaning Gilbert Arenas, thought this was a complete waste of time for Giannis. Here's how he explained it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but nobody doing that shit no more. All you old son bitches, stand down. Nobody, nobody want the Hakeem Elijah one sky hook. Nobody want none of that shit, all right? Let it go. 50, you should be ashamed of yourself. Charging these young whippersnappers 50. When you came in the league in 1984, you wasn't getting 50,000 a game. <laughs> you trying to make your money back through the youth. Giannis, no. I respectfully disagree with Gilbert Arenas. Gil's, by the way, his YouTube show is called No Chill 
Gill. Want to give him some love, but I respectfully disagree with him. First of all, let's understand who Akeem Olajuwon is. He's one of the top five greatest centers in the history of basketball. That's number one. Number two, right up there with Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, all of that. Okay, he's right there. Olajuwon is right there. Okay, number one. Number two, he's trained LeBron James. He's trained Kobe Bryant. He's trained Carmelo Anthony. They all gave his training high marks. This is what Kobe Bryant, the late, great Kobe Bryant, once had to say about Olajuwon's training advice. He said, when you're able to understand the small details, you're able to elevate it to another higher level. That was Olajuwon. To you young whippersnappers out there who just don't know better, breath smelling like Similac wet behind the ears, um, go watch Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon in the NBA Finals in 1994 against Patrick Ewing. Go watch Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon in the 90s when he went up against the Admiral David Robinson, who I love as a person. Olajuwon destroyed him. Ladies and gentlemen, we look at somebody like Kyrie Irving, who, who's fasted during the season, if I remember correctly. Olajuwon used to do that all the time, being a Muslim from Nigeria. Um, people talk about your energy, your strength how the fasting zaps you or whatever, we couldn't tell because Olajuwon was the dream. The dream shake and everything in between. He blocked shots. He rebounded. And he had moves in the post that was unrivaled by pretty much any big man he had gone against. I can name Moses Malone. Again, Kareem, Wilt, Shaq, all of these brothers. No doubt about it. Olajuwon is in the conversation. They were damn good players. The Bob Lanier's, the artists, Gilmore's of the world. Okay? They weren't Hakeem the dream Olajuwon. So let's understand that. And what, the reason I disagree with Gil is because I know the game has changed, uh, Gil. I get you. And I understand that guys ain't just playing with their back to the basket anymore. But I'm saying that wasn't a large one either. He could, he, could he could take you down, you know, face up, facing the basket. You got to score points in the post. Everything can't be a three-point shot. And the more formidable you are in the post, the more that's going to serve to free you up to some degree. If you got a shooter on the squad with you or two, it's going to free up the shooter. If it doesn't free up the shooter, then they got to cover you one-on-one -on -one and they're going to be incapable of doing so. Not to mention, you can't ignore his defensive prowess as well. Giannis definitely needs all the help that he can get. My issue, Gil, with Giannis is that I think more of a priority for him should be his perimeter shooting ability. Giannis, you can't shoot. Now, I love Giannis. He's a superstar. I hope that the Knicks get him. But damn, all you got to do is back up. You back up and you dare Giannis to shoot. And chances are your chances of winning elevate exponentially. So I'm not knocking Giannis for wanting to work out with Akeem the Dream Olajuwon because I think that will help him in terms of when he has to play with his back to the basket. And I understand that because that is something that he needs to add to his arsenal as opposed to just bulldozing and elevating himself over the competition. But at the end, or, or coming downhill because you're dribbling the ball from midcourt. But what I would say, however, for Giannis, is that you got to get a, a perimeter shot, my brother. Maybe that's God's way of looking out for all of us. Because if Giannis had a perimeter shot, he'd be unstoppable. He's damn near unstoppable now. He'd be unstoppable. But because he doesn't have a perimeter shot, you can load the block come playoff time. Dare him to beat you for the perimeter. 
And that's chances are he's not going to do that. Last item on the list before I go to break. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard reportedly had a workout scheduled for the Golden State Warriors earlier this week. Um, remember back in August, Dwight was asked if he thinks he'd be helpful for the Warriors. And he wasn't that damn helpful. So I don't know what's happened between then and now, but something happened. But listen to Howard in August explaining why he had his doubts about the Warriors. Listen to this. I don't think that they want uh, my, my style of center. Well, why would they go get a Dwight Howard when they can go get a young player that maybe has no name, um, that it's not a risk, no off-the-court issues and no drama that comes with Dwight Howard or the name or anything? <laughs> Why wouldn't they just get somebody in the prison oppression? <sighs> Dwight Howard, I'm here for you, my brother. Forgive you for what you do not know. Um, sometimes I talk to you and you're such a beautiful brother and a beautiful person. Sometimes you just don't seem like the brightest candle on the birthday cake. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. Okay? It's just the truth. Dwight Howard. You're a three-time defensive player of the year. I know it was over a decade ago. But from 2008 to 2011, you were a three-time defensive player of the year. You went to the finals when Kobe beat you in 2009. You won the championship in 2020 in the bubble with the Lakers. Right now, Dwight Howard, you want to go get a you want to go get a nine-five? You want to play an act on billions? You want to join the business climate, be a broker on Wall Street or something? What is it that, that you're looking for exactly? Last time I checked, you want to play basketball. Why in the hell would somebody who cannot shoot but can play even now got the body of Adonis, block shots like anything and anybody, formidable defensively, a champion, and a three-time defensive player of the year. Why in God's name would you have the opportunity to play with the greatest shooting backcourt in the history of the game? The greatest shooter that God ever created in Steph Curry with CP3 there now as a point guard. Why in God's name would you, Dwight Howard, with Kevon Looney in the lineup, sit up there and cut yourself short. You've lost faith in your ability. Playing in Taiwan last year was too traumatizing for you. You're not the same. What the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? You, have, you are a big man who can literally contribute to a champion or a championship. You can rebound. You can defend. You can block shots. You don't have to shoot, and they would still love you. Your competition, in all likelihood, would be Kavon Looney, who I like, by the way. And he's made good production for the Golden State Warriors. And you are cutting yourself short. I don't know what the hell they eat over there in Taiwan. But clearly, you've been sipping on or chewing on something over there that has clouded your brain. 
Dwight Howard, you'd be great for the Golden State Warriors. That is my point. You'd be great for the Golden State Warriors. The damn shame is that Stephen A. had to tell the world because you passed on telling them yourself. Come on, bro. You know my number. Call me. I'm here for you. Because that don't make no damn sense. 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. That's the number to call in live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. That's SAS-727-5303. Quick reminder, this is still HBCU Week. I am still the ambassador for HBCU Week. Uh, thousands upon thousands of scholarships have been given to underprivileged kids in excess of over $65 million. I'll be down in Delaware this Friday um, celebrating HBCU Week. I'll be making an appearance there after I handle my business on, for ESPN and, of course, for this podcast. So I uh, will be down in Delaware this week. I'm trying to get to Atlanta for HBCU Week, a continuation of HBCU Week in the next couple of weeks thereafter. But I just wanted to take a moment to thank everybody out there who's supporting historically black colleges and universities. If you ain't giving back once you have something to give, you ain't worth a damn. And that's what it's all about for me. It's a promise that I've made, that I made to my late great coach Clarence Big House Gaines, to greats like John McClendon, to greats like Sonny, Sonny, uh, Sonny Hill in Philadelphia, uh, the late great John Cheney, the late great John Thompson and others. Everybody didn't have to be associated with HBCUs, but inevitably they were. Because when you're talking about HBCUs, although they are white students and others who attend HBCUs, we understand why historically black colleges and universities were created in the first place. It was for opportunities that were denied to people who look like me and you from the black community. And those opportunities are being extended to thousands of kids who are making the most of those opportunities and building a future for themselves. I'm proud and honored to be a part of it as ambassador for HBCU Week. And I hope you will continue to support that as much as you possibly can. Getting married in 2023. Why bother? I don't mean that because I'm not talking about myself. I'm just saying. It's a question that needs to be asked. It's necessary. All that and your calls up next on the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Don't touch that, dog. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Reminder, you can now call in to the show live. To do that, dial 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. That's 888-SAS-5303. That is the number to call in uh, as you're listening to this show live. Um, I want to switch to a different subject because I got to confess, I'm getting annoyed. <clears throat> now, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> how can I put this delicate? I'm 55 years old. I've never been married. And I'm happy about it. Now, that ain't the most popular thing to say. Okay? It, 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 it's not the most popular thing to say. And the reason why it's not the most popular thing to say is because we live in a country and we live in a nation where we talk about, you know, the Bible talks about how, you know, a man who finds 
a wife finds a very, very, very good thing. And I, I am not the kind of heathen that one would surmise that I am. So because of that, I want to defer to biblical scripture. And I want to say to you, I get it. I understand. But I hope that my pastor, my pastor, Pastor A.R. Bernard, Christian Cultural Center, Brooklyn, New York, spiritual father, um, and he understands that there are some people that are there. And there are some people that just work very hard to get there. And I'm one of those people that I work very hard to get there, but I haven't quite made it there yet. Okay? Now, one could easily surmise that a past rife with some degree of promiscuity might have, uh, dare I say, contributed to my desire to, to be single all of these years. But that was before. A long time ago, a long time ago, a long, 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 long time ago, okay? I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I swear, I swear, I swear. But that is not the reason I am not upset about being single. Somebody got to talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, you read this story about rapper Jeezy, how he filed for divorce from his wife, Jeannie Mai, after only two years of marriage. In legal documents, he claims their marriage is irretrievably broken. Now, Jeannie Mai challenges Jeezy's divorce. Former friends are saying, former friends, that's why they former friends, former friends are saying she's after his money. Now, I ain't trying to get in people's business. All of this stuff is publicized, stuff like that. I don't get into people's private business. If it's public, it's public, but I don't expose their private business. Talk about you, what you do on the field to play, court to play, stuff like that. But I don't get it. I don't go this route. I'm not bringing this up to get into their private business. I'm bringing it up to make a point. I want everybody to listen. I want, I want my nephew sitting to my left. I want my sister sitting to my right. I want my staff sitting outside. I want everybody to stop talking. Stop talking. I want everybody to listen to me, just like I'm asking America to listen to me. Just like I'm asking people worldwide to listen to me. From all over the world, it's YouTube we're talking about here now. I need everybody to listen to me right now. Everybody listen, it's got to stop, okay? Marriage and the sanctity that once came with it. It is either on life support in the United States of America or it has died and we have just refused to give it a funeral. Somebody got to say it. So I'm going to say it. Now, I want to be clear. This is just what the evidence shows. In terms of feelings, I'm not talking about myself. I'm not talking about myself. I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> I'm talking about those people. Y'all. Jeezy is asking for joint legal custody of their child, which would relieve the rapper of any child support obligations. My opinion is he should have legal custody and should still give child support because your child doesn't stop needing support when she leaves you. She needs it after she's gone and she goes back to her mother too, or he. After they go back to their mother. 
Child support is not a part-time thing. Okay? I have two daughters. I pay child support. Nothing involves any legal kind of documents. Do you know why? Because the mom would probably get less because I'm a very generous daddy. I love my baby girls. They are my world. And I come out of pocket all the time without hesitation because it's my responsibility to make sure that they're enjoying the quality of life that I want them to enjoy, which is obviously one of the fluids if I can help it and afford it. But I digress. Kevin Costner, man married 18, 19 years, recently reached a settlement in his divorce proceedings. That brother got to give up over $60,000, $73,000 a month. Other recent celebrity divorces, Tiana Taylor and Amon Shepard. Oh, my God, that just hurt my heart. Oh, my Lord, that just hurt my heart. I know Amon Shepard. That's my dog. I love him. And Tiana, I mean, she's good people. I got nothing to say about them. It's their business. I'm just saying, oh, I was sad. That hurt me to say that, even though they've been separated for a while. You know, like she said on social media. Hugh and Deborah Lee Jackman divorcing after 27 years. What happened to Death Do Us Part? What happened to that? But I digress. Britney Spears and Sam Asgari. I will say this, Sam. No shade on you whatsoever. I don't know your business. Don't want to know your business. Can't cast no aspersions on you. But when you are in a divorce with Britney Spears and stuff like that, it would help that your last name didn't start with ass. But I digress. Sam Asgari. Okay? Just saying. You know people use that against you, bro. Not me. I just want to say that. My point in saying all of this is to say, at some point in time, ladies, I hope the shade room is watching. Because, I, 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 you know, my nephew tipped me off to that site and I see some of the things y'all talk about. Oh, y'all welcome on the Stephen A. Smith show. Please come. I want to talk about this stuff. Ladies, if the shade room wants to talk about female issues and the male perspective, and you want to get the male perspective, again, I ain't talking about myself. I ain't talking about myself. I'm not talking about myself. If you want to get the male perspective, ladies and gentlemen, in, in, in the shade room, which is obviously mostly ladies, I'll, I, I'll dedicate a segment every show to the shade room. Come on. Oh, oh yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I ain't, I'm not that dude that was in Atlanta. What's his name? Kevin? Kevin? What's his name? I forgot his name. No, I'm not that dude. Kevin Samuels? Kevin Samuels? God rest his soul. He passed away. I ain't him, but I got some advice. I'm different than him. I think different, but I got some advice now. If you really, really want to hear it, ladies, I'll, I'll, I'll dedicate, I'm looking at my nephew right now. I'll dedicate a segment every show to the shade room, but only if you come and you're going to give me your real opinions because I don't like fake stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're talking about marriage, people are courting one another, people are loving on one another, people are supporting one another, et cetera, et cetera. You're spending money, you're putting a ring on the finger. By the way, fellas, don't get a woman a cheap ring. The ring doesn't represent her. It represents you. The cheaper the ring, it shows how much of a cheap ass you really are. You don't want that. You want the bling bling on the ring because it represents who you are and what she means to you. You ain't cutting corners. Just some friendly advice. 
But back to the issue of marriage. Y'all want to think it's men's fault because we don't want to commit. Y'all don't bring up the fact that there's some ladies out there that's stepping out on their man. We don't bring that. It's always a dudes. It's always a dudes. To some ladies, ladies are always innocent. My sister, my nephew's mama, my sister is a perfect example of that. Women are always innocent. We never do anything wrong. Y'all are the bums. Y'all are the scandalous people. That's my sister. Her name is Arlene. I'm doming her out. Okay? Men are always wrong. Women are always right. That is not true either. But let me tell you what is true. The court system in the United States of America got to do a better job. I'm not going to advocate that they step out of the way because there are some deadbeat dads out there who need to be held accountable. There should never be a single mother. I'm talking about finances because, by the way, my definition of a single mother is not a woman who is not married. A single mother to me, my definition of a single mother is a woman who is taking care of the responsibilities herself. As long as you have that dad in the child's life that is providing for you and that child, you are not a single mom. You are not a single mom. You are a single mom when you got to hold it down yourself because the man ain't doing anything. But as long as he is doing his part, you are not alone. And if you are not alone, you are not a single parent. You might be single, but you are not a single parent. Period. So we got to stop that. And the courts have to stop it. Hold the man accountable for doing what he's supposed to do. Hold the woman accountable for doing what she is supposed to do. And then outside of that, step the hell away. If Kevin Costner's monthly child support enables the children to maintain the quality of life he wants provided, why should he have to pay extra so the wife that he's no longer with gets to maintain her quality of life. Y'all ain't together. You're an adult. Handle it. By the way, let me not stop for you punk-ass men out there filing for palimony, trying to take money from a woman. You should be ashamed of yourself, too. You healthy. You vibrant. You got potential. Go out there and work. She don't owe you anything because she don't want you anymore or vice versa. Children are different. Their quality of life should be maintained for their entire childhood. Whatever you want to provide it to them, you should provide for them until they're adults. Period. That means through college. After that, they on their own. But you should provide for that. But the court's got to stop coming here and milking people for money all the damn time. They got to stop that. Because you're ruining the sanctity of marriage because everybody is saying, why the hell should I do that? I'm going to put her in position where she going to take, she think that she's entitled to my stuff. I'm the one that earned millions. I'm the one that was doing movies. I'm the one that was playing ball. I'm the one that was making movies. Why the hell do I have to do this for her? Because we don't want each other no more. 
That's a legitimate point. And it's time for the ladies to step up and acknowledge that. I hope you're listening to me, The View. I hope you're listening to me, The Talk. Whoopi Goldberg, Cheryl Underwood, and the rest of the crew. I love all of y'all. Y'all got great shows out there. I've been a guest on The View. I'm going to be a guest on The Talk, and I'm going back on The View. They know I got love for them. But come on now. Come on now. And all you female websites out there, Shade Room, yeah, yeah, yeah. My nephew told me about y'all. He told me about y'all. I ain't never, I, I never, I, I'm embarrassed. I apologize. I never knew what, I never, I never knew what the hell the Shade Room was until three days ago. I never knew what the hell the Shade Room was until three days ago. But when they told me it was a bunch of women on these websites to be commenting about this stuff, I said, what? What? Really? Oh, hell yeah, we're going to talk about this. Stevie A ain't running, baby. CBA ain't running. These are issues that matter to the American people and beyond. Last time I checked, there are women and men across the globe, throughout the planet Earth. I hear YouTube has access to all of them. They could be Hispanic. They could be Russians, like Czechoslovakians. I don't know. Damn it, find a way to speak English and call into this show. Because I want to hear from you. 888 727 That's 888-SAS-5303. Back with your calls and a couple of other tidbits in a minute. Sneak peek. <sighs> Stephen A. Smith Show. Don't go anywhere. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. Think about it, y'all. Sun, sand, mountains, forests, five-star hotels, and beachside bungalows. My happy place is traveling from city to city, going to big events, and interacting with my favorite people on the planet. All of you, of course. And Priceline wants to get me, you, everybody, where we want to be. They want to help us travel to our happy places for a happy price with deals that you can't miss. Priceline can save you up to 60% on select hotels, 50% off flights, and 40% off car rentals. Plus, they have an amazing bundle and save feature. So when you book a flight and book a hotel as part of that whole package because you need somewhere to stay, you're going to save and save and save. At a rental car, you'll save even more, up to $600. See why millions of people trust Priceline with getting them to their happy price. Visit Priceline.com to go to your happy price this summer. Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Reminder, feel free to call into the show. In order to do that, just dial the number 888-SAS-5303. That's 888-727-5303. Again, the number is 888-SAS-5303. Before I get to the calls and we get on out of here for the day, I mentioned on first take earlier this morning, because that's my day job on ESPN, the number one show, number one sports morning show on television for 12 consecutive years and counting. Thank you so much for your support there as well. I mentioned on First Take this morning about what I'm doing this Thursday. That would be tomorrow night. Your boy is throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium, y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. That's me. Now, I want to say, I got, my shoulder was hurting a little bit, you know. But I got an MRI, and they say there's nothing there, so, you know, I'm going to be all right. I ain't got that excuse, you know, but I got to work on it. I got to work on it. I got to work on it, all right? I just want to let y'all know that. Um... And with that being said, I just thought it was important to point that out. And I want to make a promise to y'all. I want to make a promise to everybody out there. All that Stephen A. Smith fans, all the Stephen A. Smith haters, everybody in between, 
ESPN, the Stephen A. Smith Show, NBA Countdown, all over the world. NFL fans everywhere, baseball, baseball fans everywhere. From the commissioner's office to the Players Association office in the NFL, the NBA, MLB, hockey. How you doing, Gary Bettman? I'm going to make a promise to everybody. How you doing, Rob Manfred, commissioner of Major League Baseball? How you doing? I want to make a promise to everybody right now. Right now with my southern accent. I want to say it because I want to say it with flavor. I want you to know I mean it. It means it from the bottom of my heart. I will not, I promise you, I will not look like these people right here throwing out the first pitch. That's Dr. Fauci. July 3rd, 2020, opening day, Nationals versus Yankees during COVID. See that? That's John Wall, former Washington Wizard. That right there was 50 Cent. May 17th, 2014. This was Snoop Dogg in 2016 at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Lord, Lord. Nobody was as bad as Conor McGregor, though. Look at this one after Snoop right here. This was bad on Snoop's part. Look at this one by Conor McGregor in 2021 in Chicago at Wrigley Field. Lord. Oh, no, no. That's not going to be me. Hell no. Now, I promise you that ain't going to be me. I promise you that, okay? I swear. Because Lord help me, if, if I am that bad, I will never hear the end of it. Now, I can take it, though. But Mad Dog Russo is going to be watching. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred is going to be watching. All my boys at ESPN, they're going to be watching Molly Karam. I mean, oh, my Lord. Karam rhymes with Haram. That's what she wants me to say because she always says I mess up, I butcher her name, and I never remember her name. She says, Stephen, Karam rhymes with Haram. Karam, Haram, Karam, Haram. Okay, I got it. I got it. Anyway. I was talking about this to Mad Dog Russo and Molly on first take this morning. Check out this scene right here with me talking to the crew. Underhanded? I'm going to do it from the mound, baby. Underhanded? I'm going to the hill. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to be right on the mound. Well, yeah, I even even perfected when you don't just, you know, you got to remember when you you sit. Wow. Wow. If somebody's trying to steal, I like this doggy. (laughs) <laughs> you understand? Say, and then you got to. Oh no! Oh, you're gonna raise the leg. Go raise. That's right. That's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it, y'all. I'm throwing out the first pitch. I've been a diehard Yankee fan my entire life. My daddy never allowed me. God rest his soul. My dad never allowed me. Serious. True story. I was born in the Bronx, raised in Hollis, Queens, New York. I was never allowed to watch a Mets game until I was 18 years old. That's how much of a diehard Yankees fan my father was. All I've known all my life is the Yankees. I grew up watching Reggie Jackson. I was sitting there in my living room when Reggie Jackson hit three home runs against the Dodgers in the World Series. I was sitting there when Chris Chambliss bowled over everybody playing first base after they won the championship and the people stormed the stadium. I was there when Ron Guidry and Greg Nettles and Mickey Rivers and Willie Randolph and those boys was playing. Lou Pinella. I was there when Thurman Munson, God rest his soul, died in a plane crash. And Lou Pinella was buried in left field. I think it was left field instead of right field with his head buried in his chest and just sad as all get out. I remember it all. I'm telling you right now, one of the greatest honors of my life is going to happen tomorrow night. I'm throwing out the first pitch at the New York Yankees game against the Toronto Blue Jays. I guess I have made it. I guess I have made it. Let me tell you about somebody who's made it not in this world, but into this world. That's a child 
that came into this world. This woman gave birth literally in the audience at a 50 cent concert. Woman gives birth to daughter at a 50 cent concert. God bless her. I hope the mother and the child is safe. But what a cruel, cruel way for a child to come into a world. First of all, it's a concert. So it's a whole bunch of people around, a whole bunch of strangers, people you don't know, you ain't got no relation with. I mean, of course, you don't have that anyway because you just was giving birth to. But I'm just saying, a crowd of folks at a concert listening to music that no young child should be hearing, even though they don't know any better. And then on top of it all, okay, you know, it's a bunch of people around, and no nurses or anybody like that. And my thing with the woman is, what the hell were you doing at the concert when you know it's possible that you could be in, you could go into labor? Now, for some conference, concert facts for you all to know, the concert was at the RBN Styles Resort Amphitheater in Washington State on September 6th. While it seems crazy for this to occur at a concert, it's become fairly common from what I'm being told in August. A woman in Boston started contractions at a pink concert, then walked a mile to the hospital. But then at least she got to the hospital. Last year, a woman in Brazil gave birth to a son while at a Metallica concert. Lord have mercy. I don't know what's wrong with some of these. I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what's wrong with you. Moving on. Snoop Dogg, my brother. Y'all know how tight we are. I saw a video of him recently. He revealed that he smokes about 11 blunts per day. Um, this is him right here showing the blunts. Those are real blunts right there. Showed off his collection. Look at those joints right there. But we see what Snoop Dogg was doing. You want me to tell you what was funnier than that? Because that's Snoop Dogg doing what Snoop Dogg does. I will never tell him to stay off the weed. Duh. I'll never tell him that. We might lose our friendship if I told him that. He knows better. I won't say that to him. It doesn't impede his ability to earn an honest living, so I ain't, I ain't knocking it. But what was funnier was on my show first take this morning. My boy Mad Dog Russo revealed his Snoop-like weekend plans involving some special candies and a bookie named Fat Rob. Listen to Mad Dog Russo talking about his weekend plans on first take this morning. At about 12 o'clock, uh, sit down, uh, make an early cocktail, uh, cut a gummy in half. What's a gummy. A gummy. At about 325, what? when I'm sourced, at a, I'm not driving in the house, 325, I'll put the call in the Fat Rob. 718-504, I'll put the call in the Fat Rob. Put 10 dimes on Colorado. It's probably Colorado and Dion. That's a winning <laughs> game. I'll have the other half a gummy. Oh, you save it for later? I will bet the ranch, and I will rule crazy for the buff on Saturday afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, Mad Dog Russo is nuts. But I love him on the show, just like I love Shannon Sharp on the show, just like I love my man Marcus Biswag on the show, just like I love my man Dan Olofsky on the show, just like I love Ryan Clark on the show on Fridays. My man Pat McAfee comes on the show every Tuesdays. Kimberly Martin's contributing to the show. Ke Mina Combs is contributing to the show. I can't wait till NBA season. But my man Big Perk, okay, is coming on to the show, back onto the show. J.J. Reddick's going to be on. All right, Mad Dog Russo's still going to be there. And I got a few surprises for you for the upcoming NBA season as well. Stay tuned for that, y'all. Stay tuned. But now it's time to get to the calls. Let's take some calls. If you want to talk to me right here, right now, right on the Stephen A. Smith Show, call 
SAS5303. That's 888-727-5303. That's 888-SAS5303-888-727-5303. Let's get to the call. Let's go to Yuli in Brookline. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Yuli? Talk to me. So you've dealt with your fair share of cancel culture and controversy before. What is your advice to someone who either makes a mistake on Twitter or any social media in overcoming the consequences of cancel culture to bounce back? Listen, man, you know, listen, first of all, you can't let stuff phase you. Nobody's perfect. All of us are going to make mistakes. Hell, I've made them. Um, sometimes you comment on things that you shouldn't comment on. Sometimes I feel it's necessary to comment on things that I comment on. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, that's just one incident. One mistake, one mishap um, doesn't make or break you. As long as you're not doing harm to other human beings, you're fine. And I think that that's the real key in that, uh, being able to stomach the fact that none of us are flawless. All of us make mistakes uh, or all of us make judgment calls that we reflect upon and otherwise realize we may not should have done that. And you move on from there. That's my best advice to do and do it. And by the way, don't read every tweet. Don't read every every message to you. Don't me read every critique. It's not that damn important. It's your life. Live your life that you want to live. As long as you're not doing harm to anybody else, you're fine, Yuli. It's no big deal. Also, I saw a report that the Bears defensive coordinator just resigned. He should. Because why should I want to work for that job? It's a no-win situation in Chicago. Because I don't think they know what the hell they're doing collectively as an organization. I think that Justin Fields has been put in an untenable situation. You're not maximizing his potential time. Does he hold on to the ball a little bit too much? Yes. No question about it. Um, you got to get him outside the pocket. You got to have him running with the football a bit more, using his athleticism. You do that, I think things will get better. But that's not the case for him now, and that's problematic because I don't think the head coach is, uh, is the greatest right now. I certainly don't feel that way about his offensive coordinator. I just think that the Chicago Bears are just in an awful situation right now. It's a, one of the top five markets in the United States of America. It's cold as hell. And to get people to come out there to spend their hard-earned and spend their hard-earned money and waste their time watching such a shabby product is a damn shame. And that's how I feel about it. I gotta go, Yuli. Thank you so much, man. Take care of yourself. Let's go to Fuzzy. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Fuzzy? How are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm going great, man. Thank you for calling. What's up? Hey, I'm going to try and be as respectful as possible, but I'm speaking on behalf of the baseball community. Uh, this morning, you said that Shohei Otani doesn't fill seats. I just want to throw this at you. Even though the Angels are putrid, Mike Trout hasn't played in the second half. They're fourth in road attendance. So I'm stop, stop right there. Take on that. Stop, stop right there. Stop right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate, look, first of all, I appreciate the education. I'm not offended by what you're saying. I appreciate the education, okay. but I want you to understand what I mean by that. Just because you're the fourth largest in attendance doesn't do it for me. If I'm watching the games and I see a bunch of empty seats anywhere, everywhere, right? If baseball overall is having an attendance issue, but you're fourth on the list, you might be doing well compared to the competition, but are you doing well? And the reason why I ask that question respectfully, and Fuzzy, I'll give you a chance to respond, and, and trust you me when I say this, feel free to educate me. I'm not pretending to know. I didn't look up that number. So I, com I completely appreciate you educating me on that. My issue is that the brother is looking to get paid a half a billion dollars. You don't make the postseason. I'm not saying it's his fault because he's a superstar. He's the modern day Babe Ruth. But you don't get to the postseason. And I see a whole bunch of empty seats when you are playing, not because of him, but because his team sucks. And so if I have to take that into consideration, I can lose without paying you. 
Why pay you if I'm losing with you? That's my point, Fuzzy. To that, you say what? I just feel like I don't, there's something with you and Otani, and it dates back to last year. And, you know, I have a channel, only baseball, 450,000 subs. So I'm trying to be respectful, but we're kind of on the fence about you when it comes to your baseball knowledge. Like, we're just wondering, when it comes to your takes with baseball, we want you to talk baseball. We want ESPN to bring baseball tonight back. We miss it dearly. Right. But the baseball community almost right. thinks that you kind of – We'll stop. Speak on feelings, what, what, and we think, okay, okay is what, baseball going to be done on ESPN? Okay, or? well, first, first, stop right there. Stop right there. First of all, do me a favor. Tell a baseball community to shut the hell up. Let me Why tell you what. Why would we do that? Let, let me Why explain. would we do that? Uh, I have four oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, be quiet. You're going to call up. You're going to ask me a question. Let me answer. Blasphemous. I know baseball, the sport, what happens is because I'm so busy with other sports watching it, I don't get to watch as much baseball. But the reason why we don't watch as much baseball, Fuzzy, if you did your homework, is because people don't care ratings-wise when we're watching baseball. We're trying to change that. We love the fact that Mad Dog Russo is on it. Mad Dog Russo knows that I know baseball, meaning I know the sport. I just don't get to watch anything other than the New York Yankees which is my hometown team, because a lot of times I'm preoccupied with other sports. But secondly and more importantly, when I'm addressing baseball topics, Fuzzy, I'm only addressing stuff that's really pertinent in the news. I'm not on high heat on the MLB network trying to talk about baseball as if I'm watching every game and I'm an aficionado. I don't get to do that. That's why I got mad at the UFC that time when people were saying, well, you don't really know the UFC. Who the hell said I did? I remember I said, that, yeah. I said I was a fan of the sport. I showed up to an event. I'm the face of ESPN. ESPN Does that said, bother you? It, I'm telling you why it bothers. What's saying to you? I'm, I'm the face of ESPN. ESPN said, could you come on the air with us? Because we want to see what your prediction would be for this fight with Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone. So I was there and I literally was joking and was with DC. I said, I'm going to say what he says. Because I'd only seen like two Cowboy Cerrone fights, which I said. Conor McGregor hadn't been fighting in years. And so my point was, I wasn't trying to be an expert. Now, if I came to you and all I'm saying to you, and I got to get ready to go. All I'm saying to you, Fuzzy, no, is this. Good. If I sat up there and I said, I'm a baseball aficionado, and this is what's going on, that would be different. What I'm saying is, I watch the sport when I can. I know the sport. I grew up watching the sport with my daddy. I watch the sport. I'm a diehard Yankees fan. But I don't get to watch as many games as I would like. But when it comes to Shoei Otani, I know how great he is. The problem is the stadiums. I see too many empty seats in ballparks. And to me, if I see that and you're not getting to the postseason, I got an issue with paying you a half a billion dollars. Mad Dog Russo, who does watch baseball religiously and does have his own MLB show, agreed with me 1,000%. I got to go. Call me back Friday. Let's go to Michael in Virginia. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Michael? Hey, Stephen A. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Go ahead. Uh, I was calling, calling about the commanders and if they're comparable at all to the Jets with, you know, hype in the offseason, good defense, no players. No, no, The commanders have Sam Howell. The Jets had Aaron Rodgers. the Jets have? No, I'm saying, Jets no, no, no. You said, you said in the offseason, bro. Not now. No, no, no. I'm saying the hype in the offseason, but where are they at now? No, no, no. no, no good players. Let me stay with you. What I'm saying is, it's juxtaposing it to the hype in the offseason. Where they are now is that the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers. When I look at the commanders and the Jets, 
I see two teams that have a chance. The Jets do have a damn a great, a pretty great defense, even though it didn't look like that against Dallas this past Sunday. And the Commanders have the potential to do just that with Chase Young and those boys. Offensively, I think Sam Howell is a bit better than Zach Wilson at this point. And I think Eric Bieniemy is damn sure a gazillion miles better than Nathaniel Hackett as an offensive coordinator. So I think the Commanders are in better position than the Jets. We make the playoffs? They got a chance. The NFC's wide open, bro. Other than Dallas, Philadelphia, and San Francisco, there's nobody There's nobody definitively that you can point to and say they're going to do it. So that's where I'm at. Appreciate the call. Mike in San Francisco. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Mike? Hey, Stephen A. Talk to Big me. Big fan. Appreciate from San Francisco. Uh, it's my first real lunch break, so I'm excited. Uh, tell me about the Warriors, CP3, your genuine thoughts. My genuine, my genuine thoughts is that CP3 is a winner. He wants to win badly. Um, I don't think it's an ideal situation for him to be in, uh, but, but Steve Kerr and management believe otherwise, Mike Dunleavy Jr., because they're thinking about that second unit with Kaminga and Moody and those boys and how you have to have point guard play on the court with them that will really be able to maximize their capabilities and their growth. And so because of that, I think when you see the leadership that CP3 continuously provides, that's something that can't go unnoticed. And I think that's a very, that's very, very important to point out. Um, I think that, you know, he won't be somebody that contributes to them being worse. I can tell you that much. Uh, but I don't think he was the piece that they needed to get them over the hump in the Western Conference. I think they needed an additional big body so Draymond Green don't have to play the five. That's me. I know Kevon Looney is there too, but I'm just saying. I think they needed some help on their front line more than they needed help uh, in their backcourt. But I still like the fact that CP3 is there. He's a winner. He'll figure out a way to make it happen. I appreciate the call. Just a few more calls before I get on out of here. Nico in San Antonio. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Nico? Hey, I was going with Stephen A. I'm a big fan of yours. I watch you every day, man. Thank you, bro. Talk to me. Uh, quick question about Stephen Curry. If Stephen Curry wins two more championships before it's all said and done, would it be crazy to say that he's top three all time? Steph Curry? Yes, sir. Well, here's my thing. I already think he's the greatest shooter that God ever created. Mm -hmm. I believe I that in terms of impact from the point guard position, he's not – Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard who ever lived in terms of being mm -hmm. a quintessential point guard, which means you are a distributor for other people. But in terms of impact, having to keep your head on a swivel, finding where he's at, spreading the defense and opening holes and gaps for offenses to exploit because his shooting prowess is, is, is so prolific. I think that Steph Curry has had the most prolific impact from the point guard spot in NBA history. Whether that qualifies you as being top five is difficult because I've got Jordan, I've got LeBron, I've got Kareem, by the way, in that order, and then you can go anywhere you want to go a Tim Duncan, a Wilt Chamberlain, you know, people like that. Isaiah Thomas is a top three, top four point guard all time. You got to take those things into consideration. Kobe Bryant's a five-time champion. You can't summarily ignore him. Magic Johnson has universally been recognized as a person that belongs in that top five, not just because of his floor generalship, but his leadership and the inventor and the orchestrator of Showtime. All of those things are relevant. But I would tell you that Steph Curry deserves to be in the discussion. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Greg in Delray Beach. Real quick, Greg, you're live with Stephen A. Talk to me. 
Hey, Stephen A., I think you're 100% right about Brandon Staley being gone at the Chargers. I want to throw some names out there that I think should take a spot. I think a guy like Jim Harbaugh. Okay. I think a guy like Brian Flores. Yeah. I think an outside the guy, outside the box guy like the Ed Reed. I think no, would be great. No, over no, there. no, no. No, I love Ed Reed. Love him as a person. Love him as a player. Obviously, a Hall of Fame safety. But when you went to Bethune Cookman, and you were so frustrated that you sounded off like that, Ed Reed's got a problem because when you are in a leadership position. You got to guard yourself against that. That's going to be held against him. I'm not saying it's fair because I love him. I just think that that's a tough thing to overcome for him. When it comes to Jim Harbaugh, no. Handle your business at Michigan. Stop being suspended for three games to open a season. And make sure, by the way, win a national championship. It's nice to get to the postseason. I'm glad you finally have been able to overcome Ohio State. You've been in the last two years. But you got to step up and win a national championship. Okay, that's number two. Number three, I love Brian Flores. I like that selection. But I think we all have to jump on the bandwagon that it is time for Eric Bieniemy to be a head coach in the National Football League. It's just right. It's just the right thing to do. And Eric Bieniemy coaching Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and those boys in the AFC West going up against his former team in the Kansas City Chiefs, I think is the right thing to do. Just that simple, okay? Let's go to Jose in Miami real quick. You're live with Stephen A. I'm taking two calls, y'all. Go ahead, Jose. What's up? Hey, what's up, Stephen A.? I just wanted to know how you feel about the whole Damian Litter situation. Do you think it's crazy for him to only demand one trade to the Miami Heat, or are you cool with him doing that? Well, I'm cool with him doing it for him. I didn't think it was the wisest thing to do because when you say one team, you put your team that has your rights in a very difficult position because what if that other team doesn't have the assets that they want in return for your services? It becomes a bit problematic. I always think it's wise. Give right. them three selections. Give them three. If I was Damian Lillard, I would have said New York, Philly or Boston, and Miami. New York, man. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, your damn right. Man. Oh, no, 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 I'm not lying. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Anybody that's not in it, I pray that Damian Lillard would come to the Garden. Pray that he would come to the Garden. But, <laughs> but more, more viable options would be Philly. It would be um, Boston, um, even though they just gave Jalen Brown that money. And it would be um, Miami. Those are the three. Um, I think he should have given them three, but I understand his frustrations. He's been loyal to them for a very, very long time. He stood there. He could have demanded trades years ago. He never did it. They always gave him the impression that they would be ready to move him the second that he was ready to be moved. And for them to seem to backtrack on that to some degree and not get something done by now, I think it's very problematic and it's unfortunate. I got to run. I appreciate the call, man. You take care of yourself. Let's go to Gene in Colorado. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Gene? How are you, man? Good, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank I'll be you, man. quick. Yep. Been a Cedar fan since 72. Yep. Uh I uh, have a quick question. So I've been through all the bad years with the Steelers as, as a longtime fan. Uh, what do you think about the fact that Brian Leftwich would be a good OC for us? I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Um, I, I wouldn't mind that. Anybody's better than Matt Canada at this point in my eyes. In the three years that he's been the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's ranked 23rd, 23rd, and now 31st, second to last in the entire National Football League. I mean, damn. Mike Tomlin is clearly showing a level of loyalty that he doesn't need to show anymore. That's my opinion, exactly. but I definitely understand it. Um, but, but the reality is, is that 
you know, to me, I think Mike Tomlin should be careful because here's the deal. I think that Mike Tomlin could be one of those guys that ultimately you could trust to be a GM slash coach. But you prove oh, yeah. it, but you prove it by showing your willingness to pull the trigger on triggers that need to be pulled. And that's not what he's doing. How long do you think right they're now. gonna wait? I don't know. How long do you think the rules are gonna I wait, I, brother? I, I don't know. I if I were them, Matt Canada would be gone. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yes, he'd, sir. He'd, he'd be gone. Uh, but I, 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 I imagine they'll hold on to him for the rest of the season. I imagine it sounds that's what like they would it. Do. All right, man. Appreciate sounds the like call, it. man. Thank you so much. Appreciate right, you. Last caller. Let's go to Landon in Leesburg, Georgia. You're live with Stephen A. What's up, Landon? How are you? Good. What's up, Stephen A.? I right, just man. wanted to know your opinion on uh, Zach Wilson filling in for Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. How do you think he'll do, and how do you think that will impact their season? I think Zach Wilson is straight garbage. I think he's straight garbage. Um, I don't think he was ready for the NFL. I don't think the Jets have done well to hone him, hone him for the NFL. Um, I think he was awful last year, and you know you're bad when your own teammates are wearing Mike effing White T-shirts. Literally, Mike effing White. That's what the T-shirt said when they were going into Minnesota with Mike White as their quarterback because Zach Wilson had gotten hurt the week earlier. They were ecstatic that Mike White was coming in as their quarterback because they had no belief in Zach Wilson. And so we fast forward to the offseason where you're learning under the guidance and tutelage of Aaron Rodgers, okay? Aaron Rodgers goes down then the first possession, the first offensive series of the season for the Jets. He goes down. And when he goes down, what happens to Zach Wilson? The Buffalo Bills lost to the Jets because they committed four turnovers. The Jets needed four turnovers from Josh Allen and a punt return in overtime to win the game. And then the second game, Dallas just mugged them. I don't have any reason to believe in Zach Wilson. I think Salah is saying what he says because the Jets spent the number two overall pick on him. They should have drafted Justin Fields, but they didn't. And now they're paying the price for it, GM Douglas. All right? It is what it is, but I don't have any faith. I hope that I'm wrong. I certainly didn't like Zach Wilson being on the bench. And while he's on the bench, uh, I'm sorry, before he was on the bench, Garrett Wilson put that nasty-ass move landing on Trayvon Diggs and got wide open in the upper left corner of the end zone, and Zach Wilson completely missed him. And then you're on the bench laughing, knowing that that was a greatly missed opportunity against the Dallas Cowboys, who has arguably the best defense in the National Football League. How the hell could you do that? But that's him. Because, you see, when you're not a winner, it doesn't phase you when you're losing. You're used to it. You're you accustomed think, to it. Do you think they should ride it out with Zach? Or do you think they Hell should pick no. up another quarterback? Hell no. Hell no. Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, uh, people like that. You got to try something. You got to try something. You, get, you, you can't stick with Zach Wilson. I don't think you can. Now, don't get me wrong. It's probably going to be easier for him in, Dal- uh, 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 in the weeks to come than it was in Dallas this, this last weekend. I get that part. But I'm not a believer in him. And I hope I'm wrong. I'm not rooting against him. But I don't believe in him. I don't believe in him. I think he's hot garbage half the time. Not all the time, but half the time I think he's hot garbage. And I think that he's a person whose maturity you can question because I don't know how much he actually learns in terms of getting better and being a leader behind center in the National Football League. I don't think he has the respect nor the belief from his teammates. And I think ultimately their frustrations are going to show 
if performances like Sunday to continue to rear its ugly head. And by the way, the Jets did him no favors. Salah doesn't coach offense. He's a defensive coordinator that became the head coach. And how in the hell do you let Nathaniel Hackett come in there and be an offensive coordinator? I understand he was decent once upon a time, but that was with Aaron Rodgers' as quarterback. So you bring him in there when Aaron Rodgers is there. But Aaron Rodgers, what if Aaron Rodgers get hurt? You didn't ask yourself that question as a New York Jet? Nathaniel Hackett, with the job that he did in Denver last year, that's who you're asking to school Zach Wilson? He couldn't school Russell Wilson. How the hell are he going to school Zach Wilson? So my condolences to you, my brother. It's going to be a long season. I don't believe the Jets are going to make the playoffs, but I hope I'm wrong because I certainly do not root against them. Peace and love, my man. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching another episode of the Stephen A. Smith Show. You can watch me at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Please make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show. We're up to nearly 310,000 subscribers, 310,000 subscribers over the last six months. Can't thank y'all enough for the love and support. Please keep it coming. Just click the bell to get notified of all of our new content, and it'll come right to you. And don't forget, be sure to pick up a copy of my New York Times best-selling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Until next time, everybody, this is Stephen A. signing off. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.